0: My name is Kathy T. I am a um, compulsive over-eater. I um, have weighed up to 349, and I've lost about um, half of that uh, weight. Okay, um, so um, the question is, for me, was I born a compulsive eater? Well, probably not, but environmentally, my family enjoyed food, and I doubt that very few family members ever ate to live, but you know what? Um, I never, as far as I can ever remember, did I eat to live? I always lived to eat. Um, that was ideal for me. I always chose the easy way, and the pleasure and fulfilling desire came before maturity and well-being, which really became my lifestyle for many many decades um, so um, I can't remember a time when I did not um, live to eat I am quite serious I cannot remember a day in my life until I came into OA uh, my home life and I want to tell you about the progression of my disease first uh, my home life was really not very good and there were many types of abuse Um I know that I escaped um, a lot of this uh, starting at least by third grade, but probably even before. I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Um, When I was in first grade, I remember uh, cooking a hamburger uh, in front of a friend to show her how capable I was of fixing food. I think food was important to me even then. I can't even imagine now a first grader cooking, but I did back then. I also know that when I was in fourth grade, my clothes were already women's size clothing. Uh, in fifth grade, I weighed 144 pounds. I couldn't play activity as other children did, and I nearly always was the last to be chosen on any team. Um, shame had already started, and it already um, built up in my, my really small brain then. I was always envious because there was a girl whose mother cut her sandwich in half. You know, it, her sand, her. Her lunch looked, you know, like somebody cared about her. And that food looked absolutely wonderful. Um, but um, I'm not sure if we, I don't think we had money. Um, you know, I even remember I was envious because the girl's mother put her sandwich in a plastic bag instead of wrap, wrapping it up in wet paper. Um, and I'm not sure how I had the money. Uh, to do this, but I'd often stop past a candy shop on the way home. Um, candy to me became my basic food group. That was what I ate to live. I wanted pleasure. That was my first uh, progression was I wanted pleasure. And candy soothed me and gave me pleasure. And actually, you know what? <laughs> it even thrilled me. Um, there were it's of all kinds, but it didn't really matter. I just really um um desired candy. That was my my big my big thing. Um I really wanted to excel and be someone special, but that goal I never achieved as a as a child. So, you know what? Candy helped me. It was the salvation of my young life. Um and then um and my mom started taking me to doctors to get diet pills and and diets, and she'd bribe me with clothes and, you know, all kinds of things, but that just didn't, didn't work, you know. Um, so then she started sewing my clothes, and I hated them because they were always so frumpy. She told me that my dad um, said I looked awful uh, because I was so, you know, heavy, whatever, and then I needed to lose weight. And then I had an economics teacher, and I know that she was, you know, trying to be helpful, but she was always asking things like, um, what diet are you on? Are you, are you on a low-carb diet? Um, and then I remember going into the showers. Um, we used to shower. I don't know how the showers are now, but back then, um, walked nude into the showers. And I was always embarrassed because, of course, you know, I was larger than anybody else. Um I think, um, you know, some people it might have driven to lose weight, but not me. Man, you know what it drove me to, right? More candy. Um, Oh, and soft drinks. I love soft drinks, too. I didn't date really until after high school. I was probably, um, when I graduated, I was about a size 16. I couldn't understand why other people, you know, I wasn't ugly by any means. But there were ugly people. There were people that didn't take care of themselves. Um, There were weird people. And, you know, they had boyfriends. They had friends. Um, But you know what? I isolated myself. I was not going to be snubbed by them, by anyone. And I was not going to be belittled. So, again, I turned to more food. I would definitely eat. And um, I not only enjoyed the food, but I was intoxicated by the sweet candy. It had become my best friend, my comfort, my excitement. Actually, it was almost everything to me. Um, I, I'm not saying I didn't overeat other food, but that was what really excited me. That was what really gave me the comfort. It had become my best friend. As I said, it was my comfort, my excitement actually almost everything to me. I needed the food. You know what? That was painful. It became even more painful than the pleasure it gave me. I remember that even eating uh, that and other food made me feel so ugly and worthless and just full of shame. It made me feel so, so terrible. I knew I was eating too much and I I really um, thought of myself as rotund rotund and uh, round and, you know, just um, uh, ugly. I think I was past caring about how I looked and how people perceived me. I was so low in my life. It didn't even matter. I needed food. You know, I love food. Although deep down, all I really, 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 really wanted was someone to love me. And I was really desperate for love and protection and security. The uh, second guy I ever dated was older than me. And you know what? He thought I was a cute chickadee. Um, I was still size 16. Um, and um, that was kind of a rare time for me. Um, I was smaller then than I had been and smaller then than I would be for many years after that. Um, after just six weeks of knowing this guy, I married him. Um, because I loved him, you know, wasn't even because I liked him, because I really didn't. But I thought in my distorted mind that he could give me what I needed, but he couldn't. You know what he could give me? More candy and sweets because he loved them just like I did. I unfortunately didn't give back sweetness to him, I gave back nasty words, and I even drew even more into the shell of a person I was to become. So things, uh, you know, progressed, or I should say, degressed. And um, this man um, could never keep a job. And so, um, finally, I got a respectable job, a really good job. I was at the police department, I I um, mm. threw all my energies in it. Um, this is part of the kind of grandiose thing that Bill W would do. Uh, that we learned in the big book. Um, at the time they hired me, I was around 300 pounds, um, and I keep, I kept eating the same ways. But you know what? I strove to be the very best person I could be as, as, as far as a, an employee. Within a short time, I became the court manager, and I spent long, long hours work. Um, my affections were with my job and with those I worked with. I'd go on all sorts of diets, you know, um, cabbage diet and soup diets and um, uh, everything. I mean, everything. Um, I even lost 100 pounds. You know what? I'd always gain it. Failure with food and weight always haunted me. But you know what? Professionally, I was a success. I became a judge of two small courts. I trained court clerks all over the state for the Supreme Court. Um, I was called in to advise uh, other courts of, um, you know, problems. I I would um, um, audit them. But none of that success mattered to my mental, my spiritual, or my physical well-being. I needed food to survive. Well, I got divorced, and then I started searching again for acceptance, love, and security, and protection in all the wrong places. Um, I thought wealthier, respectable man was what I wanted and needed. And so I tried to control my weight. And I did have a number of, of male friends, but none who thought of me as what I wanted to be thought of, a queen. I wanted to be treated like a queen. I wanted um, to be cared for. And to be loved for for who I was. And um, so I met a man. He seemed very wise and kind and caring and strong. But after nine months, he said, hey, babe, this isn't for me. Well, uh, that's when I really hit bottom. I was placed into a treatment center for abused women. And there I started learning about the 12 steps and um, about OA and other 12-step programs. And I was in a small town. And I... um, started an OA group and a CODA group and I became absent and um, I started working the 12 steps. I worked really, really, really hard to try to overcome um, the malady, um, the spiritual malady that I had. And I, I mean, I really worked hard. And I, uh, at that time when I began, I uh, I had known a God that was very wrathful, vengeful. And I decided I was going to throw him under the bus before he did me, because I knew he was going to, and it was quite a struggle for me to uh, find my higher power, who um, is, um, uh, and it's a very sweet relationship I have with him now, Um, remember the fellow that threw me under the, or that, um, that he couldn't handle anymore, he decided to come back, and, you know, I had changed, and, We've now married for 33 years. Um, And um, and that it was a wonderful thing. And he was very supportive. um, But you know what? I went back into the food. I have not a clue why. I have not a clue why I stopped going to OA meetings, although they were, you know, 50 miles away. But he would take me anytime I wanted to go. He would take me. Um, I didn't give up on God, but I stopped using him. I stopped using God for my addiction to food. And that's what happened. And you know what happened? That big black hole inside of me started happening again, you know. Um, I was financially secure. My husband was kind, protecting, and loved me. And, you know, that's what I thought I needed, right? Um, We owned a beautiful home, two cars, wonderful vacations. Um, But yet again, that black abyss was back in my stomach. People would tell me, man, you're so lucky. Your life is so great. But they had no idea about what that food was doing to me, how I was, you know, being driven to it. And again, there I was at 349 once again. And um, so my um, my doctor said, you know what, you just really need to get a gastric bypass. Um, I didn't realize at the time, um, for some reason, you know what this disease does? It, it hides the truth from us. It not only lies, it hides the truth from us. Um, you know, um, I was being told that's what I needed and I believed it. But even though I had a gastric bypass, it was awful. I nearly died with it. I'm not kidding. I couldn't eat for three months, eat or drink for three months. Uh, so, and i um i was being fed 3100 calories a day um and um by um by a, it's called a tpn bag um and um so i didn't lose weight what you're supposed to but i did eventually lose weight and uh, but not down to where i am now it wasn't you know as successful as it's supposed to be for me and um it also wasn't successful as a spiritual, um, uh, emotional well-being. It, it, it wasn't good for me at all that way. And so, of course, here comes that big old black abyss right in the middle of my stomach again. Um, and the only thing then I could do was just beg and pray. And cry. And pray that, you know what, the cycle just kept going around and around and around, and I wanted to get off, and I couldn't. I was tired, and I was miserable, and life wasn't really fun. I mean, we tried to do fun things, but, you know, when you get on an airplane and you have to ask for the the fastener, you know, the extension, that's not too much fun. That's very humiliating. Thank you so much. Um, and so, you know, eating, again, wasn't pleasurable. So where would I turn to? What would I do? You know, and then I remembered OA. Oh, hey. And so um, I came back here in February of 2020, I think, and um, I sponsor, and I started um, um, working a program even different than I did before, a more spiritual program, and um, I became even closer to, to God, and, um, you know, the steps I worked, um, I just totally believe in all the steps, That's one, two, three, four, um, and then, you know, you get up to, to, to step four, and it's like, oh, this is terrible, I don't want to do all this, and then you get to five, and it's like, Yeah, I'm going to have to tell all these people. You know, I'm going to have to tell my sponsor. But then, you know what? The thing is, then you feel like you've lost 100 pounds after you get finished with, you know, that. Because all that that junk that's been hanging on, that's been making a person feel so awful. You just feel like you could fly. And then, you know, even step nine wasn't bad because the result is so wonderful. And then working steps 10, 11, and 12 every day um, is so rewarding uh, to me. Um, when things are going not too good, I, I go, okay, what's going on? Oh, yeah, I need to do a step 10 because I'm the problem. They're not. I'm the problem. Um, so I need to center myself. I need to realize that it's me uh, that I need to to deal with. I can't change that other person. I can only change me, and I can only change me with God's help, so between uh the tenth step and going to God and um being willing to listen to him and accept what He says to me and my sponsor also what she says to me um i can um I can be changed, I can accept that it's me I'm the one that needs to change uh if I want to be happy, joyous and free, and that I do and um Every night, I haven't missed a step 11 for, I mean, maybe I've missed 10 in all these years. I hardly ever miss a step 11. Uh, it's just important to me. You know, it's like if I if I miss it, it's like I wake up and go, oh, Gabby, you've got to get that step 11 in. And I do. And um, step 12 is so important, even in the doctor's opinion. I think it's either 12 or 17 times he even mentions that we have to, you know, carry the message to someone else. And that is so important, to carry the message. Um, And so with that, I am going to end and just say to you, um, if you want to be happy, joyous, and free, get a sponsor, work the steps, and find your higher power. Thank you very much for letting me share tonight.